You want it. You need it. It's what everyone's talking about. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Now, here's Kevin. All right, we're getting this thing out early today after all of the action last night. The Redskins, two first-round picks for the first time since 2005. I'm here. Aaron is here. This show's presented by Window Nation. If you're in the market for windows, call 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com and tell them that we told you to call. Uh, Cooley's going to call in. We had a long show with Cooley yesterday, and I appreciate all of those um, that listened to it. We had a great response to the show yesterday, and Aaron, I was worried because it was going to be a short window for people to listen to it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we had to do Cooley when it was convenient for for him to do it, and we didn't get it out until one one fifteen, and the draft started at eight o'clock. So we had a short window, but um, a great response to yesterday's show. And by the way. While it is outdated to a certain degree, a lot of it, most of it is not outdated. So if you haven't listened to yesterday's show, Cooley and I did two hours together, something like that. Yep. It was our longest show ever. You can still go back and listen to it over the weekend or, or whenever you have time. And I've sent out a few tweets with key timestamps on some of the things that we talked about that were in, were um, were good, I thought. And there, a lot of it was, was good, in, in my view, anyway. Um, but it's... Still worth listening to if you didn't get to it. But he's going to call back in here shortly. Um, he's on his way out of town, but we're going to get his thoughts uh, on what happened last night. John Kime's going to call in, and Tommy's going to call in as well. Um, anyway, uh, the NFL draft's first round is over. And the Redskins took Dwayne Haskins at 15, and then they traded back into the first round and selected Montez Sweat, the player that I have liked more than any other going back to the middle of college football season. I cannot wait to see what Montez Sweat is in the NFL, and I am very happy that he is going to play for the Redskins at a position that they just haven't had in a long time, and that is a true threatening edge pass rusher. More on him in a few minutes because we have to start with Dwayne Haskins. Um, It wasn't unexpected that they took him at 15. We all predicted it yesterday on the show that, and a lot of our, on our Wednesday show, when we had a lot of the beat reporters um, call in, they all, you know, we, and Aaron and I did a mock draft. Everybody basically, or most of the people, actually we had a couple of DK Metcalfs who didn't even get drafted in the first round. Um, a, A guy that Cooley was off of from the beginning. I didn't like very much either. Um, but anyway, um, it wasn't unexpected that if Haskins was there, the Redskins were going to take him at 15, especially if you know we believed um, what we thought to be true and what was reported, and that was that Dan Snyder was much more involved uh, in this draft. Uh, Diana Rossini uh, reported it, and then Grant Paulson said that Dan Snyder is going to control the first round of this draft for the for the franchise. Um, So it's not a surprise. Uh, They didn't have to trade up for him, which is a great thing. Uh, You know, that would have been a disaster. Remember, before the Redskins took him at 15, there were a minimum of five teams, you could argue six, that were thought to have quarterback needs, not necessarily pressing, but quarterback needs and desires. And all of those teams passed on Haskins. So trading up for him wasn't necessary to begin with and really would have been hurtful to the franchise, in my opinion, had they done it. Um, But they didn't have to do it. And good for them for being patient and sitting there at 15 and getting the player the owner and, and Bruce Allen wanted without having to give up assets to go get him. 
Now, a few things about the pick of Haskins. I'll start with this. I don't like it. I just I from the early portion of the college football season when I saw him live at Penn State. I was there in State College for that whiteout game, that great game between Ohio State and Penn State. And I came back here on that Monday and talked about how great Penn State home games were and what an atmosphere it was. And and I said, I'm just not a fan of Dwayne Haskins. And then as the season went on, you know, I know that he's coming out. I know that his size and his talent is going to really wow people and he'll probably end up being a first-round pick, but I wouldn't take him. Anyway, that's my view. But I say that as a segue into this, an admission. Who cares Who cares what any of us think when it comes to the draft? We should all admit that none of us really have any idea whether or not this will work out or not. We have opinions, but we really don't know when it comes to this thing more than anything else, drafting players, quarterbacks in particular, it's been a crapshoot with quarterbacks for a long, long time. Aaron, you, me, Cooley, most NFL scouts, NFL execs, we all have opinions. Football general managers are paid to be right about it. But when it comes to the draft, nobody gets it right 100% of the time. In fact, a good percentage for a general manager uh, it, with in a draft history is to basically hit on about 37 to 38% of his picks. 50-50 is phenomenal if somebody hits on 50% of his, uh, of his draft choices. When it comes to quarterbacks, the hit rate, the hit rate on first-round quarterbacks over a long period of time is about one in three and a half that turn out to be legitimate starting NFL quarterbacks. That's 29%. It's a 29% hit rate on first-round quarterbacks. Many times, many more times than not, I mean, it doesn't work out. Why? Well, it's a really hard position to play at an average level and much harder to be really good at it. On almost any quarterback that gets drafted in the first round of any NFL draft, there are opinions that range from love him to can't stand him to everything in between. It's the case every year on these quarterbacks. Even the so-called locks, the number one overalls, I mean, no one was convinced about Jared Goff. You know, there was there was varying opinions on Goff, varying opinions on Jamarcus Russell, varying opinions on Andrew Luck. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. We never really agree on the college quarterbacks. And Haskins is no different. So you can disagree with me. You can disagree with Cooley. You can disagree with the people that... That, that, that don't think much of him uh, as a number 15 pick overall. And if you are me, you know, I, I'm not going to discount those of you that feel really strongly that they have struck gold here because anything's possible. We just don't know about these young players. Some will really like them. Some aren't sure. Some of us have major reservations. Who will be right? Nobody knows right now, no matter how strong your opinion is. None of us really know for sure. By the way, part of it is because these guys are so young. Uh, there are so many factors. In almost all these cases, they are still maturing psychologically and mentally. And in some cases, they're still maturing physically too. 
the coaching staff fit, which we can really, you know, we can have a guess on, but don't really know the mentors in the organization, just so many factors that are hard to predict with any level of certainty. So I'm just saying before I get to him in more detail, drafted quarterbacks come in all shapes, sizes, skill levels, personalities, and all of us that watch, we all end up having opinions and more often than not, we get it wrong on quarterbacks in particular. So with that said, um, I just wanted to put that out there because I want, I don't want those of you that hear me say that I don't like Haskins to think that I'm so definitive on this because I'm not, I understand the draft. I understand how much of a crap shoot it is. I don't love him. You know, I just think that he's immobile. I don't think he has great natural feel in the pocket. Have I watched every play of every Ohio State game that he's ever played in? No, but I bet I've watched 80% of them, 70% of them. Every single one of their games is on TV. And many of them are on TV in a big game against a big opponent that I've ended up watching. Uh, And there were games this year, you know, the Penn State game that I was at, he was awful for two and a half, three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, they they went horizontal with the horizontal passing game, and all those playmakers just made incredible plays. He ended up with decent numbers. They came back. They won the game. I think it was 27-26. He had great statistical numbers, but he wasn't great that night. The game against Michigan State was painful. The teams that really pressured him, you know, he did, he panicked at times. I thought he could have gotten picked off in the Michigan State game like two or three times. I don't even know what his final numbers were. Um, They punted the ball like eight times in that game. They couldn't move the football against Michigan State. But anyway, I I just, I thought he was immobile. I, I thought he wasn't great under pressure. I thought they threw a lot sideways. He can throw the football, don't get me wrong. Like, he can throw the football down the field. He can take shots. He can throw with timing. You know, he he can throw with accuracy. He just never looked like anything to me other than a guy that was super raw. Super raw and not ready for the NFL yet. I mean, he may develop into something. I'm not going to discount that. I'm going to hope for it. But I just didn't think this was a guy that was ready for the NFL. And to be honest with you, just because this guy played for the same team, I sometimes watched him and saw Cardell Jones. I know the size, you know, there's some similarity, although I think Cardell Jones is bigger or heavier. Um, but the the lack of mobility. Uh, but, you know, he can sling it, man. He can throw it. And all of the things about his work ethic his, and his intelligence are all very encouraging. I thought he was very statuesque, standstill, not a guy that maneuvered around in the pocket very well. And I just think that NFL pass rushes uh, are going to be a problem for him. I don't think he's ready to play. I'll get to that in a moment, but I don't think he's ready to play. I just didn't love him. I liked Locke more, but I didn't love Locke. I liked Jones more, but I didn't love Jones. Murray, in a second, I would have done it. It, it. Too too intriguing, too much upside that would have been a no-brainer, but they weren't in play for him, obviously. Um, I would have preferred Rosen in a trade, definitely, over Haskins. It's the way I feel. Uh, you know, th- there, 
There is one, one, one thing that I've mentioned that I feel most strongly about when it comes to Haskins is that he's raw and not ready. You know, maybe with good coaching and patience, organizational patience, a lot of it, you know, maybe it'll prove long-term that they made a really good decision. But I don't think he's anywhere near ready to play next year. And I fear, and I'm going to talk to Cooley about this, I fear that Dan and Bruce will want him to play sooner rather than later. And my guess is that Jay Gruden and the other coaches on on offense will say he's not ready to play. Now, in terms of how it played out, this is what I feel I have a pretty good grasp on, uh, Aaron. Um, Some of this has been reported. Some of this I've talked about. Some of this was talked about yesterday. Haskins was not the choice at 15 for everybody in the organization. The organization was split on this. I think the coaches thought and some of the scouts thought that there were better players at 15 than Dwayne Haskins that also filled more important needs. I believe that Gruden Gruden and his offensive staff um, actually would have preferred to have traded for Rosen than picked Haskins. I'm not sure I've said that before, but I believe that Gruden and O'Connell and others would have preferred a trade for Rosen than to take Haskins. Um, the organization was split. Remember, you know, Jay Gruden to J.P. Finley um, back in the league meetings in Arizona um, said about Haskins, <clears throat> he's a talent, but he's not ready yet. He said about Locke that Locke was more ready to play. Here are the quotes, actually, um, rather than just paraphrasing. Jay Gruden told J.P. Finley in March, Haskins has a unique skill set, might not be ready in the first year, but has a ton of talent. About Locke, who, by the way, didn't get picked in the first round last night, Drew Locke could come in and compete right away. So Jay Gruden told you then that Haskins is a more of a longer-term play. And keep in mind, Jay Gruden probably feels like, I better win this year. I need to play a guy that can help me win. And if we pick Haskins, the owner and the team president are going to want Haskins to play. And I'm, I don't think he can play. I think Keenum and Colt would give us a better chance to play. That is, by the way, a showdown that is coming I really believe that we are going to have some drama here as we approach training camp about the starting quarterback. The owner's saying, uh, we just drafted this guy, you know, number you know, 15 overall. And uh, Case Keenum, really? Colt McCoy? And the coach is going to say, uh-uh, I, I, you want us to be competitive? He's not ready, and we'd be doing him a disservice by playing him early. I really hope they're patient. Dan and Bruce... Um, in terms of who liked Haskins, Dan and Bruce. I, I could have been Doug. I know that Dan and Bruce were in on Haskins. Dan really loved Haskins. And this goes back to what I said when the season ended. Dan feels that the erosion of his fan base, you know, we can, ag- we can agree, disagree on what they attribute it to. I believe they attribute it to something that isn't their fault. Um, I don't think they ever take blame for it. Um, but, but he did recognize the crowd in the Philadelphia game at the end of the year and the other crowds during the course of the year. And I said, when the day after the Philadelphia game or certainly early in January, he's going to want some off season action. 
He's going to want some fun. You know, he is going to, if he's going to suck at being an owner, he might as well go back and, and do it the way he used to do it, and I think we're going to get that. They went for Antonio Brown, from what I understand. They were they had interest in Golden Tate, from what I understand. They had interest in C.J. Mosley. They wanted Greg Williams to be the defensive coordinator. They signed Landon Collins. All right, They traded for Case Keenum. That was a major need. They weren't sure they were going to get a quarterback in this draft. They had to have a quarterback just to get through OTAs, and they got Case Keenum on the on the on the cheap. But then last night, woo! Last night was a big night. All right, they got the second most visible quarterback in this draft in Dwayne Haskins, and then they traded back into the first round to take a guy that on some boards was a top five player as recently as two weeks ago in Montez Sweat. Last night was splashy. Last night is what the owner wanted. Now, I'm not saying that it was irresponsibly splashy. They had a need for a quarterback, a future quarterback. After next year, they don't ha- they didn't have a quarterback on the roster. I just personally don't agree that Haskins was the way to go there. I just don't. I would have preferred a package for Rosen. The Cardinals need to trade Rosen now. They got we we now know that they have to trade him. Um Look, again, we've all been wrong on these people, uh, but Cooley didn't like him. A lot of teams didn't like Haskins because they passed on him. Uh, But it certainly wouldn't be unprecedented if the teams that passed on him and the media people that were reviewing him got it wrong. It certainly wouldn't be unprecedented. Uh, They got a pass rusher at 26 in Montez Sweat, a guy that fell because of heart condition concerns and perhaps even more than that. You know, by the way, it's sort of similar to the John Allen thing. Not the same kind of injury. John Allen had the shoulder arthritis, and he dropped to 17. This guy was dropping, and the Redskins traded up. Apparently, John Gruden was going to take him at 27. They got to 26. They had to give up next year's second and this year's second to do it. I think it's going to be worth it. They still have needs. All right, they've got seven more picks in this draft. Um, but they, you know, they, 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 last night was splashy, but they got a quarterback for the future and they got an edge pass rusher. One last thought on Haskins, actually. Um, Montez Sweat, I, I told you about Montez Sweat. He is explosive. He's strong. He's an every down outside linebacker. He plays the run. He's relentless. He's high motor and he's quick twitch off the edge. He's not Ryan Kerrigan or Preston Smith. This is, you know, this is the Dwight Freeney kind of, although stronger, you know, threat from the edge. A real speed playmaker on defense. A guy that I think if he reaches his potential and he's coached up, I think he's one of those guys that we're talking about, you know, at some point next year, late in the year, and certainly in 2020, a guy that defensive coordinators are game planning around. I am so thrilled with that pick. I hope he's healthy. I hope the medical, they got the medical right. I hope they got the character issues right on him. Uh, I hope they coach him well. You know, I'm not a a massive fan of Greg Minuski, as you know. Boy, Greg Williams with Montez Sweat. That would have been awesome with all the other defensive talent too. Um, One last thought on, on, on Haskins. Just please don't rush him. If they rush him, and he isn't ready, and Jay has to play him, or there's 
you know, this confrontation, you know, of Jay and Bruce and Jay and Dan and we end up with some sort of showdown between staff and front office, that's not going to help a young quarterback like Dwayne Haskins. You don't want him coming into dysfunction. We already know that there's a certain level of dysfunction to begin with, but we don't want it to be about him now that he's here. We don't see many teams in recent years sit first-round quarterbacks. You know, Mahomes waited, but last year, Darnold, Allen, Mayfield, Rosen, am I forgetting somebody? They all played. They all started pretty quickly. Not all of them from the beginning, but eventually and pretty quickly. I don't believe that Gruden wanted this. I also will say it's not unusual for front offices and coaching staffs and scouts to disagree. You know, that happens. But the coach should get to play the guy he thinks should play. This is going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. Haskins is going to have Case Keenum and Colt McCoy and maybe even Alex Smith in the room. He's got a coach that's good with quarterbacks, the head coach. So there you go. Um, Anyway, uh, you know, another interesting storyline with this, actually one last thought before we get to Cooley. We, We know that the team thinks they're close, like really close. Well, if they're really close, you can't play a raw rookie quarterback and be close to too much. You know, maybe Bruce was in favor of this because it sort of furthers his, it sort of is is self-preservation. I don't know if he fears, you know, getting fired next year. If they play Dwayne Haskins next year, can Dan reasonably expect a winning season? If they play the rookie quarterback, they all will have to reasonably under, they'll have to be reasonably patient as far as wins and losses, right? Do they have to be reasonable? No, this group doesn't have to. Well, they, they're just not reasonable. But if you if they all decide in training camp, you know what? Dwayne's going to start. He's going to start against the Eagles on September 8th. He's our guy. you got to understand at that point that more times than not when you start a rookie quarterback, it's going to be a losing season. It's going to be a losing season. You don't have anybody to throw the ball to right now for this rookie quarterback. Uh, Another uh, Haskins subject, by the way, um, is just what kind of interest um, is he going to bring? I think Dan Snyder is thrilled with this. I think he was celebrating and pounding everybody on the back and very excited about this. And I think he thinks this is a really good business move. I think it's a major exaggeration. I think that the intent is to be splashy, to get people talking about the team and interested in the team. I just don't think it's going to translate right away. I do think, though, that the pick of Dwayne Haskins is intriguing to people. I think people are going to watch it. I think they're going to pay attention to it. I don't think they're, I don't think they're going to buy you know suites and season tickets because of it. But I think the addition last night of Haskins and Sweat People that were checked out are going to pay attention, at least. Look, they're, they're going to be on, I haven't gotten to read the articles yet, but they're going to be at the top of everybody who had the best first day lists. I don't know if you saw the videos from the anthem, and granted these might be some of the same Harvest Fest people, but they were deliriously happy when that pick came across. Well, they went gonna, nuts. They're going to want him to play. Yeah. And Dan's going to say, did you see how excited everybody was? We got to play him. You know, I I said back in January, if he's going to suck at being an owner, he might as well do it his way. (laughs) 
Well, that's what he's doing. Uh, you know, he's he he did not want another off season of Kendall Reyes, Jaron Johnson, and Terrence Knighton. It wasn't going to work this year. No chance. He wanted he wanted the rush of doing things that got people talking about his football team, that got people interested. I don't know if it's going to work in terms of the interest level, and I don't know if it's going to work on the field. I am excited about watching Sweat play, and I am excited about watching Haskins to see if my gut instinct on him was right or wrong, and I don't know that we're going to know that for several years on him. I think it's going to take some time. I would be so shocked if he started on September 8th, played 16 games, and had a rookie of the year kind of season. That would shock me. Three years from now, could he be a starter? I hope so. You spent number 15 overall on him. Uh, as far as the rest of the draft goes, real quickly before we get to Cooley, um, Aaron, you know, there were some shocks here in the first round. I mean, the kid Farrell that went to Oakland at number four, you predicted that Oakland would get crazy at number four. You said Rashawn Gary. I, I, I said a pass <clears throat> rusher. I just got the wrong one. Cooley said yesterday about Farrell that he was so impressed with Farrell. I didn't love him as an edge pass rusher. Cooley loved him as a 4-3 defensive end and said he was really impressive. And John Gruden clearly agreed, uh, and Mike Mayock, and they picked Farrell. I, I don't know if they could have gotten him later. A lot of people said that that was 10 spots minimum too soon. Um, then the, the, the next shocker came at 6 when the, when the Giants took Daniel Jones, and Dave Gettleman's already saying, hey, we're going to be patient with Daniel Jones because we've got Eli Manning. I don't know what that means, but they seem to be, you know, still high on Eli Manning. And I really didn't think Eli Manning had a terrible year or is a terrible quarterback. They had a terrible offensive line last year. They've had issues on that team, but it sounds like they are going to take the patient path and give Daniel Jones a year or two or longer, you know, uh, to, to, to watch the, the end of Eli Manning's career. Um, the trade for Pittsburgh up to 10 was a costly trade to move up 10 spots. Um, Denver moved back, and they took Devin Bush, who Cooley just panned here yesterday yeah. and said would be a disastrous pick for anybody. And then Green Bay reached, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people feel because of the production on uh, Rashawn Gary at 12. Yeah. But I, I, like I said, like I said when I was talking about him uh, when I had him on the Raiders, all it took is one guy. You knew someone was going to fall in love with him, and he'd go higher than people thought. You were right about that. Uh, I loved Lindstrom in, in, you know, over the last weekend, really watching a lot of tape on a lot of the guys that I thought might be there at 15. Lindstrom went at 14. Um, he's a he's a plug-and-play starting, you know, guard and a good one uh, for the Falcons for the next, you know, 8 to 10 years. Um, Burns, the pass rusher from Florida State, went uh, 16 to Carolina. The Giants, with their next pick, took Dexter Lawrence, um, Philly traded uh, into the first round, up up into the first round, and took the offensive lineman from Washington State, Andre Dillard. The Cowboys, so everybody knows, didn't have a first-round pick. And then the Giants uh, were back into the first round late and took DeAndre Baker, the corner from Georgia. Um, you know, the, the, the other surprises... You know, did anybody see Titus Howard from Alabama State going in the first round? I actually like. I didn't know if you'd go first round. I really liked him, as, and I know that he started to really impress. And some. How of about his, L. His L. J. Collier? I watched him play at TCU. There's a guy, um, uh, 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 the uh, the outside pass rusher um, at TCU, Benagu, who I like, who I think could be a, a pick in the fourth. 
you know, third, fourth, or fifth round for somebody as a pass rusher. Um, and they picked uh, Collier there. Uh, all right, quick read on Window Nation, and then we will bring in Chris Cooley. Uh, have you started a spring checklist? You know, does the hose work? Lawnmower, does it work? How about windows? You should go around your house, look at your windows after this long winter. If you're struggling to get them open, if you've got a window that's cracked, if, if a window is fogging up, it may be time for new energy-efficient windows from Window Nation. Take advantage of their 33% off sale that's going on right now, and you can get installation of windows, siding, and doors the entire job for 33% off right now. Plus, to make quality even more affordable, get a house of windows for as low as $69 a month. That's cheaper than your cell phone bill. And if you call this week, Window Nation will give you free blinds for every window you purchase. Think about it. Take 33% off your entire order, and for $69 a month, that's around $2 a day, by the way, get brand new energy-efficient windows plus free blinds. If you're in the market for new windows, siding, or doors, give Window Nation a call. They have the industry-best customer service, and they'll give you a free in-home estimate with a price that'll be good for 60 days. Trust me. Harley, Aaron, Eric, these guys are amazing. They've installed windows twice into my home over the last 10 years and plenty of people who have listened to the radio show and now the podcast. Let them put a check on your spring upgrade checklist. Call 866-90NATION today or go online at windownation.com. That's 866-90NATION or windownation.com. Tell them I told you to call. All right, let's bring in Cooley. Cooley is going to spend five to 10 minutes with us because he's actually on his way to the airport here shortly because he's going out of town uh, to Orlando and Jacksonville and other places. All right. Uh, we both said it yesterday and you spent a lot of time um, with me on the podcast, two hours plus. Hopefully everybody had a chance to listen. I know many people did. And we both said that if Haskins were on the board at 15, the team would take Dwayne Haskins. They did. Tell everybody why you're not in favor of it. Well, Kevin, um, I think that Haskins is a massive project. I think that Haskins was probably going to be available as you went further through the draft. I also would have been interested in the Rosen trade at that point. It's it's not like I have a problem with Haskins. And it is funny if you tweet anything about Haskins, you I mean, you are going to take an ambush you know, on Twitter. I don't have a problem with who Haskins is as a, as a person. I just didn't particularly think he he was a great quarterback at, at the level he was at. Didn't throw with great anticipation. Didn't utilize a ton of NFL passing concepts. Didn't throw the ball vertically down the field. I think someone tweeted me a stat that in his in his Michigan game, which we talked about earlier on your podcast today, where I said he completed one route for nine nine out of eleven times for two hundred twenty plus yards. None of the throws, only one of the throws was more than ten. Right. In that in that same game, that Michigan game, he was five of ten uh, for throws over ten yards down the field for like 120 yards out of his 476. So I mean, there's not like I think he I think he's got a lot of work to do. It's just I think he's the starting quarterback in week one. <laughs> so so that that that's where it gets interesting because I. You know I don't disagree with anything that you said, um, and I'm concerned that he is 
a potential long-term solution, you know, with good coaching, potentially he does develop into something that's great. And they, D- Dan and Bruce and the people that made this decision may ultimately prove all of the naysayers wrong. And not everybody's a naysayer, but my, my concern is that they won't be patient with this. And if they're not patient... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you. And here's my concern as well, is one of the biggest steps for a rookie quarterback is is truly grasping that offense in the first year to be able to take that next step in the second year. One of the biggest mistakes for a rookie quarterback is to move on to a new offense within a year. So you're hoping that either the Redskins have great success or he doesn't you know, spend very much time on the field this year, but I, I don't think that's the case, man. I think it's a splash move. I, I, I do. I mean, it's. I think he ends up playing quick. It's funny that you say that, um, and I don't disagree with you. I hope that you're wrong and that I'm wrong, and that the coaches essentially get to develop him and play somebody who perhaps in Case Keenum may be more ready, or even Colt McCoy. Um, and, you know, it's not like it, it, Haskins is facing – you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers is competition. I mean, I mean, it's not like the competition is overwhelmingly a prohibitive favorite, even if it w- if it went in as a legitimate competition. But if he's not ready, we both now I think fear the same thing. But what's interesting is when I mentioned Rosen to you, when the whole Rosen thing first came up, and I said, well, if they make that trade, he's starting Week One, and you you argued that with me. So why do you feel differently about Haskins, that Haskins was picked to start? If they were to make a trade for Josh Rosen, it would have been a second and a third or a second and next year's third and and potentially plus. There's some splash to that move, but there's not a, it, that's not a move that dictates you play a player. It, it, I guess theoretically you could play Case Keenum for a couple games, but there's no way our fan base is going to stand for that. Like that's going to put enormous pressure on everybody in the situation. You can't, you can't not play him unless he's god awful in training camp and preseason. Rosen with a second and a third, I think you'd have a fair competition there. There's Kevin. There's a lot that goes on to drafting Dwayne Haskins, a local kid that has that everyone's saying went to, to, to Dan's kid's high school, which isn't true because he went there five years ago when Dan's kid was at, at Georgetown Prep, but. Like there's so much surrounding Haskins that our fan base is going to cling on to and grasp to that wasn't going to happen with Rosen. And it's not going to happen with Keenum, too. Um, and but here's and by the, the way, he was better at Ohio State than Rosen was at, at UCLA. I mean, he had more success. Well, he had more and talent, and, too. And, and, and here's the thing that's crazy, and this is the thing that's going to be really, really hard for everybody else. To understand, like nobody understands this. He, he had 50 touchdowns and eight and eight interceptions. And look at his yards. Yards. How is he not the best? He's statistically, he's the best. Like, it's, but he's not the best right now. He's got a lot of work to do. But nobody wants to get past those underlying stats and and say that. I think our, you know, I think some in our fan base understand the difference between stats at an at a place like Ohio State and you know and and whether or not that that really translates to him being ready. I think you only understand stats when you're watching a team. So I think some of those in our fan base who maybe actually I should say that, but everyone on Twitter that said that they're an Ohio State no. fan and I should have watched all the games, which by the way I did watch every single game, said that I didn't watch the games, and I said, well. 
I don't know what you were watching. Yeah, well, you... So, I don't like it. They don't. Like, I feel like if you watch something, like a lot of people when they watched Kirk knew that his stats were or felt inflated. Look, Ohio State, the fan, the football, the Ohio State football fan base is arguably the most rabid of any sports fan bases in this country and also the most simultaneously delusional at times. So I wouldn't worry about what a bunch of Buckeye fans on Twitter are saying to you. I'm I'm not. No, 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 no. Trust me. I'm not worried about it. I was just. I was just thinking for a second, when you watch something, you have a good feel, but yeah, I, I, I proved well, myself wrong. Well, you, you know what? Let's, let's just stop all this, okay? I hope the best for Dwayne Haskins. So and do I. You do, too, because we're both Redskins fans. I'm not rooting for him to fail. I'm rooting for him to have great success. I am. Like, in, all honesty, in all honesty, I want to say to everybody a year from now or two years from now or whatever it is, I was completely wrong, and he grew up. And, and I didn't expect the growth that he had. I'd love to say that because I want to have him win and I want to have the team have success. I'm not. Well, see, that's... I'm not hating. I'm not hating because I'm telling you my honest feelings about where I think he is right now. That's not hating. That's me telling you what I think is the truth. But I, I hope he has success. If I said to you, I hope he fails, that's hating. Of course. Look, one of the things I said before I had you on is that when it comes to quarterbacks in the draft, nobody, including team execs, general managers, coaches, scouts, are ever right even 50% of the time when it comes to this position in the draft. So everybody's got opinions. We've all got opinions. And more times than not, on this particular position, as it, as it relates to first-round quarterbacks, we're usually wrong. So Listen, I think I'm right. I'm just telling you right now that I thought I was right a month ago when I started saying this, that I went back and watched again and thought I was right two weeks ago, that I went back and did it with more people and thought I was right yesterday, and I still think I'm right. I just hope that I'm not. Right. And I think that's fair to say. It's not like I, w- I don't want to be right, yeah, but I think no, I am. It's totally fair. Back to one other thing real quickly. See, th- th- there's this predicament here of – you know, Bruce and you know, and Dan, really Bruce, because Dan doesn't speak, um, talking about how close they are um, to winning. Now, if you play a rookie quarterback who is raw, who, by the way, has one year of full season starting experience in college, if you start that rookie quarterback who you and I both agree, you know, perhaps can develop but isn't ready right now, then you and and you decide you're going to play him. Then you better understand that you've got to be patient as far as wins and losses go. So there is that we think we're so close, and yet they drafted a guy that you believe they want to play. Dan wants to play week one. May the coaching staff may not feel like that he wants to play or that he's ready to play week one. But if Dan... No, so you so stop yourself right there. You'll know exactly who makes the decision. Yeah. Although, again, the competition isn't super stiff. Yeah, Case Keenum is a pretty good player. I di- well, I, you and I disagree on that. I think he's okay. I don't think it's like, you know, a, 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 that a certain... He's going to run your, He's going to run your offense. Look, you know what? I'm glad Case Keenum and Alex Smith and Colt McCoy are all potential people that could be there to help 
develop this quarterback. It's not a bad situation for him to be in. Also, no, and by the way, I heard that. I heard Lewis Riddick talking about that on ESPN. You know, they want to develop Dwayne Haskins. Wait, say that again. Who said it? I said I heard I heard Lewis Riddick talking about it, that this is a great fit for Haskins because he's in a spot where Alex will be there every day and Case Keenum and Colt McCoy are good dudes. None of them want any part of another quarterback. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's, let's be well, certainly, honest here. well, Case Lewis, Keenum. Like, one, Alex is not going to be there. He doesn't have to be, and especially with another quarterback, it might be in and out. Yeah. Colt has been dying to play forever and hasn't played, and they did get – and Keenum is now in his third team in three years. None of them want another quarterback. This was dread for all three quarterbacks on the Redskins roster. You know what? That's a really good point. That's a really good point. I'm sorry that I actually agreed with Lewis Riddick if he said that. Um, I I was just thinking that Gruden's a good quarterback guy. O'Connell might be a good quarterback guy. Alex Smith is never going to play again if he's around the building. We know that Mahomes swears by Alex Smith in the year that he spent with Alex Smith. And that's really what I was thinking about more as it related to Alex Smith. But you're right. Keenum I mean, they can ask him they can ask him to restructure the deal to what like the Brett Favre deal was going to be when he when Green Bay wanted him to stay and say we'll pay you two million dollars a year to basically coach this kid for right. the next eight years. Right, right. Case Keenum but, and Col- Case Keenum and Colt McCoy aren't very happy tonight. They're but they're both great dudes. Yeah. And yeah. they'll they'll certainly be fine around him, but right. no one's happy about this. Uh real quickly, because I know you gotta run. Uh they traded back up and they got the guy that I've loved all year long and I hope he's healthy and I hope the reason that he fell was more, you know, health related than anything else related, but hopefully the medical clears. But I I I, I love this guy. Well, it's not I, just the medical, but it wasn't just the medical. They said some things tonight in watching the broadcast that I did not know before. Mort um, had a report essentially that said that his coaches told Mort um, that you know he's not the you know basically paraphrasing he's not necessarily the easiest guy in the world to coach. That you gotta you gotta coach him delicately. Um, but his talent, man, I loved watching him, and I loved watching that Mississippi State defense, and I think he's a legitimate outside linebacker and a rush, speed rush, power rush, all of it combined, outside rush threat. If you can put together in 13 games an 11-sack season, which essentially is going to be a 15-sack season, I'll coach him with a, fu- with a feather. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I'll, I'll bake cookies for him every day. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you want? What do you want? Ginger snaps today? I yeah, I can do the little lines with the fork. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I like I like sweat a ton. I like that pick. Uh, I liked moving up. I didn't care about giving up this year's second, next year's second. I think he's he's a big time player. Uh, I, I, I'm assuming they're, they're sure on the heart issue. He also had some of the issues at Michigan State as well, so there was some of that stuff early. But, um, dude, dude, can you get after the pass? He's probably – I mean, there's Bo- there's Bosa, there's Cleland Farrell, who I love. Yeah, you got, you got that one right. You, you said yesterday that you loved Cleland Farrell and that – and nobody had him anywhere near number four, and John Gruden took him four. I don't know if they, he could have gotten him later – um, but the bottom li- the bottom line is you think they got a really good player. Yeah, I do. But I think that other than Bosa, that Sweat's the guy that could be most like Khalil Mack. Yeah, me too. 
Me too. Um, I, I like Brian Burns a ton as well, and I think Brian Burns is going to be a very good player in this league, and I, you wouldn't have went wrong with that. Burns went at 16 to Carolina. I just like let's just play this one game really quick. Where was where was uh, Haskins going to go? If if the Redskins didn't take him, you take Sweat at 15. Where's Haskins going to go to? You know, maybe maybe Denver at twenty, but I don't I don't think that they you know after they made that trade, I think that they were thinking they are good with Flacco. They drafted the tight end, which Flacco needs. He loves tight ends, um, so maybe it wouldn't have been Denver. I, I, it's a good question. I don't I don't because know. We, I mean, I'm sitting here with the char- my buddy the Chargers the at twenty eight. No, and and here's why. And I thought about it because Philip Rivers is 37 years old at the most. I'm 36. We're the same class, so he may be 36. If he wants to play five more years, we don't live in t- time frames in the NFL of more than five years. And drafting a, a quarterback to play five years after Philip Rivers wants to play, and I'll bet they have a sense of that. Would the Patriots like have taken him at 32? No, I think the Patriots. By the way, that was a brilliant move by the Patriots. Which so, we can get to, but but so what? No, are, what are you saying? Been. He wouldn't have gotten picked in the first round. Well, it's really interesting when you get these quarterbacks that don't get picked in the first twenty picks. Like, where was he going to go in the last twelve picks? Look, the bottom line, and I've already said this: five to six teams who were, had perceived quarterback needs passed on him before the Redskins to took teams him. Passed on him, and then you were going to get. And, and the thing is, is you were going to wrap to one. And Arizona had Murray. San Francisco's not taking anybody. The Giants have gotten their guy, which is another massive mistake, in my opinion, to see Daniel Jones at six. I think the Giants had a shit draft. How about that? I think the Raiders had a great draft, but I think the Giants had a shit draft. I'm I'm interested but, to watch Daniel Jones. But I mean I would never have taken him at fifteen. Two years, but yeah. No, right. I wouldn't have taken him I w- they could have here's the thing. They could have got him in at seventeen. Yeah. He was gonna go to seventeen. I I wonder if he would have gone to seventeen. I wonder that if it had been Daniel Jones, if one of those teams that had perceived quarterback needs, like whether it was Denver at 10 before they made the trade or Cincinnati or Miami, I wonder if they, if the Giants knew that one of those teams was interested in Daniel Jones. Well, I mean, we talked about it today. It's, it, it's the perfect transition away from Eli because Eli can feel completely comfortable with him behind him. I think some of it had to do with that pandering to Eli. He gets his little brother there for the next two years, and Eli will train him and teach him, and then it'll all be happy utopia there with Gettleman. But I don't think it's a great pick. But back to your thing, I didn't even think about that. If the Redskins hadn't taken Haskins at 15, who was going to take him in the first round? Where is he going to go? Again, Denver at 20, possibly. But I don't don't think so. I think if Denver Denver really wanted a quarterback, they would have taken him. Would the Raiders have taken him? No, John Gruden hates rookie quarterbacks. He's never won with rookie quarterbacks. He doesn't want to he play. He won Super Bowls with Rich Gannon and Brad Johnson. Well, then, if you, then if you say no on the Chargers and the Patriots, he wouldn't have gone in the first round. See, I think the Patriots got the guy that they 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 got the guy they wanted because you, you they they took Nikhil Harry from Arizona State. He fits their mo. They needed a receiver badly, and by the way, they knew Arizona was going to take that guy tomorrow, the first pick of the second round. Yeah. Uh, real quickly before you run, um, the Redskins don't have a second rounder now, but they do have two third rounders, including that compensatory pick. Um, I mean, I I know you've looked at a lot of different players, and we don't have any clue as to who will be there and who won't. I still think that safety and wide receiver are two two positions they're gonna they're gonna look for before Saturday. 
which means if two of them. If you think you're going to play Haskins for one second this season, you need to get him another receiver. Well, you may have to trade up to get one that's a real impact guy. Then go trade up and get Paris Campbell right now. Get him a guy that he's comfortable with. You know, if you're going to commit to him, commit to him. Trade up and get Paris Campbell. You know, if you're going to do that, see if Urban Meyer wants to coach the team next year. <laughs> have a good... And that other assistant coach, right? <laughs> yeah. Have a good Jeez. trip. Have a fun yeah, trip. Yeah, thanks, buddy. All right, thanks. Um, again, let me just reemphasize. I actually am rooting for the kid. I know you are. And I'll find a way. I'll find a way to root. Don't let those people. No, I'm I'm not letting those people. I'm just telling you. I'm rooting for the kid. It just wasn't wasn't the pick I would have made. It wasn't the pick I would have made either. But, I mean, that's just just being honest. All right. Uh, Have a good trip. Talk to you. See you. All right, let's go from Cooley to John Kime. John was out there uh, all night long last night as the Redskins made two first-round selections. Let's talk about Haskins first. Give me your overall thoughts on how this pick was made, who was you know leading the charge for Haskins, what the reaction was just the whole night around first Haskins. We'll get to sweat next. Um, well, with, with Haskins, you know, I still would say that there is a – split inside that building as far as, you know, how they view him and where they see him going and whether or not he was the best value at that, at that pick. I think when Daniel Jones went number six overall, that took away the only other quarterback option for them in the first round, considering that Murray was already gone. The question you had was, would they trade for Josh Rosen? Now, all along I'd heard that they would be interested if Arizona called them. So I always thought that that was on the table. Um, Jay Gruden said that there was no discussions with Arizona. So, um, you know, they, they weren't going to initiate that. But I think if Arizona had called with, and said, hey, take them for a third, maybe they would have. But um, it certainly seemed like there were some in the building who definitely wanted to get Haskins. And, you know, I say that not just because of what recent reports have said, but because that's something that's consistent with what I've, with what you would hear from the beginning. Now, you know, some of the stuff's like, well, is it accurate or is it not? And then you turn, it turns out later that, yeah, that is accurate. So I think there was that desire. I, listen, if you're the coaching staff, and I don't know how the split would break down with all the coaches, but this is the coaching staff that needs to win. And Jay Gruden talked about needing to be patient with, with Haskins. This is a coaching staff that isn't going to get a lot of patience. So, you know, you wonder, but that leads into the next pick that we're going to talk about. So you wonder um, how how it really is kind of going across in that building. All right. Well, look, I I think that, and I think you have a sense of this, that the owner and and Bruce, too, to a certain extent, that they were all in on Dwayne Haskins. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. I would definitely say that. And Dan was probably pretty fired up when Haskins dropped all the way to 15 and and was glad to get this done. At the same time, um, let's just assume that at least other people, how many, uh, I don't have an exact count, maybe you don't either, but some would include uh, coaches, uh, we're probably not in favor of dra- uh, drafting Dwayne right. Haskins at 15. And and that could create an issue where, you know, Jay's talking about patience. I think he understands that Haskins is a – I don't want to – project almost sounds demeaning. That's the wrong description. But Correct. he is not a guy that right now I, I think most would say is ready to play right away. Will right. Dan and Bruce, Dan in particular – 
have patience and defer to the coaching staff when it comes to who should start when the season starts in September? I think it's hard. You know, obviously, Kevin, it's hard to answer that right now. I think if he if he came in as a day one starter, I would be surprised. And so, um, I think if if you're Gruden and you're gonna I'm sure this discussion will be had. You're going to have to tell us, like, we have to start Case Keenum or Cole McCoy because the kid's just not ready. If you put him out there before he's ready, damage can be done. And I think that has to be explained to, to the owner if that's, if, that's what he, if that's what he would be asking. I don't think – I mean, you would hope that he would leave it up to the coaches. Um, you would hope that before they make the pick, they, they would tell him, Dan – okay, we're taking this guy, but you've got to understand it's going to take this, this, and this to get him to the point where he can help us win games. And so if that's properly communicated, if you understand, I think the question will be if, and this is where I think that it really comes, I think it'll be easy for Snyder if you're going through the uh, summer and it's like, and, you know, and you, you can be patient in August, but the key will be if you get off to a slow start, I think that's the, that's where it's gonna, you're going to have to hold off um, the owner maybe a little bit. And just and this is obviously I don't know for sure, but like that's when the challenge would come because if you're two and three or one and four, let's say, and he's going to go to you and say, why won't we just play Haskins? Well, then you're going to have to have some strong reasons why not. And I think that's where you start to that's where you could see potential for conflict. Yeah, I, I mean, I think since that Philadelphia game and maybe even before then, but definitely at that Philadelphia game, I think that his mindset has changed. I think he wanted action. I think he wants to to stir it up again. And, and you know, the bottom line is, is him and Vinny didn't get it done and, and deferring to Bruce didn't get it done. So he might as well go back to trying to make some splashes. And last night was a splashy night. I don't know if it's going to sell any tickets, um, but I, I, at the very least, there is going to be intrigue and people are going to pay attention to watch this guy play. And by the way, I think they'll watch the other guy sweat play too. They'll, they'll want to see, you know, how good he is. Um, but to, to watch this guy play requires him to be on the field. But if he's Correct. on the field, that's not good for Jay, more likely than not, unless somehow Correct. they all of a sudden get this patience and say, hey, you're not going to be judged on wins and losses. You're going to be judged on the development of our, of our future starting quarterback. Well, and, and, that, and that's true. Now, there are a couple of things with it, too. Um, I mean, the, as far as like Dan goes, this, I think if they had traded up, to get him now you're looking at a big bold move and i don't think staying at 15 and taking him is necessarily a bold move i don't i don't you know i think his value is around that area now you can argue that would you be better off let's say trade you know at that point drafting a brian burns or even sweat at 15 and then maybe using a pick to trade for josh rosen um and and, and going that way but um I don't think it's a big reach to take Haskins that spot. So I think you can justify that. And when you listen to – it's funny because there is, Kevin, as you know, in this organization there's a split on him, but there's a split on him in many, many places. Of course. And there are some people who absolutely love him. And I know, you know, I know Chris does not, is not a big fan, um, but then you listen to like guys like Dan Orlovsky, Lewis Riddick, they love him. 
So, yeah, but, yeah, but there were f- there were at least five teams that had a perceived quarterback need that passed on him. I know, and, and that's and right, and it's funny because Daniel Jones was the opposite. Right, a lot of people outside there were in, enamored with him, but people in the league seemed to be more enamored with him. And the Giants, like I started hearing at the owners' meeting, that he would be the that that some people thought he'd be the second quarterback taken. Cooley, and, Cooley sure, John Cooley just pointed something out to me, and I didn't think about this, and maybe you did. If the Redskins hadn't taken Haskins at 15, who I don't it... know where he goes. Exactly. Yeah, I we were, t- we were talking about that, Kevin. I had the same thought, like, if they don't take him, where does he end up? Because you start thinking, that's a big – look at Drew Locke. That's a big slide. And, you know, it's funny because you asked, like, I, you know, we were, I think we were I'm almost going to talk about, like, when you thought he might be available to the Redskins. And I thought once – my gut told me that he was that he might. I started thinking that he might slide a few weeks ago. Based just based on what you're hearing, it's like if people are, you know, some of the stuff you hear, it's like I don't know if he's going to go top ten. And then um, over the last couple of days, you start looking at boards and all that. I'm like, I don't think this team is going to take him, and I, and I don't think the Dolphins are going to take him. So it was really like maybe one or two teams that you thought might take him. And when the Giants took Daniel Jones, I thought. He's going to end up in Washington because, and they're not going to have to trade up. I just didn't think anybody was going to trade up to get him, and I didn't think those teams um, sitting there would would um, were going to go after him just based on what you would hear and the way you know. And it played out that way. Well, once Denver traded ten, then it was either Cincinnati or Miami, and when they didn't do it, then you know to, to Cooley's point and to your point too, because it sounds like you thought about it. The only team, I mean, Denver could have taken him at twenty, but clearly Denver is fine with Flacco, and they drafted the tight end that Flacco also always relies on is throwing to a tight end, and they drafted Noah Fant at twenty. But let's just say that Haskins had been there at twenty, maybe Denver, or you may have gotten a Miami or a Cincinnati to trade back into the first round, possibly. Um, to, right. to draft him later. But yeah, the way the board uh, set up, there was no guarantee that he was going to be taken. I threw out the Chargers. Cooley doesn't think that the Chargers would have taken him, and he, he definitely well, doesn't. I, yeah. Yeah, and I, I had, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to ru- interrupt you there. No, um, no, no, go ahead. I had the same thought, too. I wondered about a team like that where you say, listen, if this kid's going to take a few years, we have a few years. So, because you have a guy already in place for the next couple of years, so that's where. Maybe you see it, but, um, you know, and I had a hard time seeing him get out of the first round because I think he has first-round talent. But, I, you know, I, I just – I think the hard – the real, real hard part with him is you would like for – just to feel – for teams to have felt better about taking him, they would have wanted to see the progression. I think he was a – like, Kyler Murray, you know that he needs work but you also know that he has skills that translate right now to the NFL because of that, his ability to run. And that gives him, an, you know, you can look at Lamar Jackson late in the year. Lamar Jackson has a ways to go as a passer, but look at the impact he had because he, he's mobile. And with Haskins, the, the issue was he's a pocket passer who needs to clean up the pocket mechanics. And, you know, he right. can move a little bit better. He moves better than what people think, but he, you know, and and you know how like Tom Brady is not a great runner, but he's a good. He maneuvers well in the pocket. But with with Haskins, it's you know footwork, it's the anticipation skills, 
it's the you know there's sometimes you get that wind up. So those are all things he's, they're going to have to work on to get him to that point. The one thing I know about him from having written a story on him for ESPN.com earlier this um, month was that the kid is a he's a worker and he seems to be a smart kid. So that gives you yep. some some hope that sure. there is talent there, and you hope that you know if you get that and you get some patience. Not patient, not by the just by the coach staff, but by the owner, that um, he gets put in a good situation. Look, you're an Ohio State fan. You've watched every game. I, I, it's hard not to watch a lot of Ohio State games, no matter where you live in this country. I went to State College and I saw that game in State College, and that was a lot of sideways throws to a lot of playmakers in the fourth quarter that got it done. Yeah. You know the Michigan State game where you had a, a really good defense and they got after him all day. It seemed to be problematic for him. I was never a fan from the get-go, from the beginning of this college football season. But as I said to Cooley, we, and Cooley and I talked about this yesterday, and I talked about it at the beginning of the podcast, when it comes to quarterbacks, we all have opinions and we're all usually wrong, as are the NFL people when it comes to first-round yeah. quarterbacks. They, they don't get it right 70% no. of the time. They get it right like 30% of the time. So we'll right. see. I just hope that they have patience. And with this owner now being back in a new mindset, I believe, uh, I, I question whether or not he'll have that patience. Real quickly, two more things before I let you run. Number one, do you think going back into the first round and getting sweat was also this desire to continue with you know splash? And it's you know it's more than splash. These are needs that are being I, met I too. Yeah. But but was it was it splash or was it also maybe? A bit of a hey, uh, not everybody agreed with Haskins at fifteen. You guys wanted sweat at fifteen. We got you sweat too. Yeah, no, I think this is a good move because I, I mean, I know there were questions about the heart diagnosis and all that. Now he said, and, the, and Jay Gruden said that the further, di- you know, the Redskins doctor checked him out that he's fine. The Houston Texans checked him out and said he was misdiagnosed with that heart condition. If that's the case. I think he's a terrific pick at there. And now, you know, I'm okay giving that up because you – they gave up a pick for next year. I think right now that's okay. He's, it does, he does help you right now. And it's funny, Kevin, because, you know, throughout this draft process, you, I try to watch guys I think will be available to the Redskins. And Montez Sweat was a top five, top ten pick the whole time. I mean, this guy's not getting there. There's no way. Right. So I'm not going to waste a lot of time on him. And I thought, well, you know what? I need to watch him because I need to compare him to others to see where they are compared to him, et cetera. And, you know, so I'm glad I did because I mean, the kid is a, he's obviously a very good player. And he plays with some violence. I mean, I, I'm a big Brian Burns fan, but this kid is an all-around player. He's got the yeah. length. He's, I, I like the effort he shows. You know, I remember there was a, they were down, they were down 24 nothing Alabama – the kids still, still sprinting the still, ball. Yeah. Still, yeah. And so, like, that stands out to me. And his bull rush is strong. He plays with some violence. And so I like that. And as long as he's, a heart truly isn't an issue and, you know, whatever other issues he had with the suspension of Michigan State, I don't know what happened there. Um, but as long as that's fine, I think he's a really good pick for them. I do too. Last question. Um, what are they looking for tonight? They've got two third-rounders tonight. What do you think they're looking for? 
Um, well, they still need a receiver. Yep. That's, there's no doubt about Can that. Can they trade up and, and get and get Paris Campbell for him? <laughs> just, <laughs> get that mess route, those mess concepts going again. Right. Um, listen, for me, that'd be fun to watch. I know. But, um, I, you know, they need a receiver. There, there is really good depth there. What you heard all along is that that depth spilled into the third round. So they, sh- I think they'll look for a receiver. The other spots, clearly they need some more help inside. And if you're going to have a pocket passer like like Haskins, you need to make sure that pocket is really strong. And so I think that that's another area they could go. Um, and then you know other, I mean after that, I mean you're anything inside linebacker. I think they could still use another body there. Um, you know defensive back, safety. There's some good safety depth in that area. That's another spot you could look at too. Thank you for doing this. Really appreciate it. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right, Kevin. All right, thanks to John Keim. Listen to the John Keim Report. He's got a podcast. It's great. You can get it anywhere you get a podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, all of them. The John Keim Report. All right, uh, let's bring in Tommy, uh, who is up early on this Friday morning to talk to us on the podcast. Um, Well, what did you think of their draft? They didn't get just one player. They got two. They got... Dwayne Haskins and Montez Sweat. I'm sure you were at it last night with all the people on Twitter. What'd you think? Well, you, you know, before I came on here, I took my medicine. Okay, <laughs> the me- the medicine I have to take in order to try to talk about this franchise, like other people talk about this franchise. It's a special kind of medicine, you know. I mean, I call them stupid pills, but I don't really want to denigrate it. It's too long of a name. I can't even pronounce it. All right, what's your? So, so, I don't so, want so you to take. After, I don't want you to have no, to take I the took, pills. I, I took the medicine, and I. You know what? It looks like a win. Oh. Looks like a double win. Okay. But it does. I mean, it does. Do you have to admit? It kind of does. They got the quarterback they wanted. They got the quarterback. Well, they got the quarterback that the be, owner wanted. But and people seem to be excited about that. And then they got a pass. Here's what they did. Either they got the quarterback of the future and a dominant pass rusher or Dan Snyder's son's high school buddy and a guy with a bad heart. <laughs> right. I don't even know they, if he was his high school one, buddy, but his high, but his, his high school classmate. And then yeah. uh, we hope, boy, you know what? Of, of those two situations, I really hope Montez Sweat's heart, heart is healthy. Yeah, look at they. If he's if he's as good as he looks and he's healthy, they're going to have a dominant front line. Yeah, they're going to have a dominant front line, and which which I pointed out will be great for the new defensive coordinator. Oh, that's right. They didn't get somebody to take the <laughs> job away from Greg Minuski. Right. No, they didn't. So, no, it's still I mean, it's still Minuski. No one else wanted that job. You know, on the surface, I mean, you know, at first glance, it looks like they had a big night. And if I was a Redskins fan and had been on this medicine for a long time, I would say, yeah, we're cooking with gas, baby. I'm reading, Where are my tickets? I'm, I'm reading your, your tweets from last <laughs> night, and this is, yeah. this is my favorite. Somebody, somebody tweeted to you and Jason Reed. Curious to hear the haters, Tom Lavero, Jason Reed, among others, evaluate Brucifer on this first round. Seems like he played it perfectly, and you you retweeted it with a comment. Listen up. 
The Redskins are not an NFL franchise. They are the elephant graveyard of the league where careers go to die. They have the aura of self-destruction. Still curious? <laughs> that was pretty much the, the way things went Is that, all night. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm following it right now. You, you, were, you were in it last night. Yeah, I was. You yeah, were I in was. it. I mean, I, I, I was, I was, you know, that's why I took my medicine before because I wasn't medicated then. Oh my but I, god! I, but I, I'm, I'm medicated now, and it looks like full steam ahead. You know what? I'm just as excited <laughs> as Jay Gruden is well, about coaching well, Dwayne Haskins. All right, you know, I, I wish you, you can, you it, just drink a lot of water and see if you can wash the effect of, of the uh, medication out because I want to have a real conversation with you because okay, I, well, I, I think you, I think you know, I, I'm not real happy with the pick of Haskins. I, I I didn't think Haskins was worth taking at any point in the first round. Um, and I would have much preferred if they were going to go get a quarterback, I would have much preferred Josh Rosen. I would have, I would have preferred actually Jones or Locke to Haskins, but you know what I said at the beginning of the podcast, and it's true. You know, nobody knows on this draft. Like people, exactly. people who get paid to do it are wrong more times than they're right. So yeah, I, that that's the thing. That's why I find so comical about. So let's thing. get to, let's get to something that we can predict. What we can predict, because I think I know this for near fact, the owner is really really happy about this. This was what he wanted. He, this Dwayne Haskins pick was not a consensus organization pick. This wasn't one of those where they said, we all got together and we put, we put the Redskins grade on it and we just followed the board. <laughs> this was the Dan Snyder Redskins pick. I don't think the coaching staff was necessarily in favor of it. I think Bruce may have been in favor of it, and maybe Doug too. But because of that, the real drama, the stuff that you live for, um, is ahead of us because Dan's going to want Dwayne Haskins to play. He's oh, gonna, yeah. He's going to want him to play, and he's going to want him to play much sooner than later, if not right away. And Dwayne Haskins, even the people that evaluated him that you might actually believe in, said, look, you're going to have to be patient with him. He's got a lot to develop. He's not a finished product. He's got, it'd be perfect if he went to a place where he could sit behind somebody for a year, which by the way, doesn't happen a lot anymore. You know, Mahomes got to do it, but more times than not, these rookie quarterbacks in the first round, they play like they, they, they get drafted and they play right from the get go. And if it's not right from the get go, it's pretty soon. Like Josh Rosen didn't start the season, but he was starting pretty soon. Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, all of them. Mayfield, you know, Mahomes is now the aberration where you wait and you develop, you know, you sit behind somebody for a year. Not the, not the norm. So I just think that the drama this summer over Dan saying, you know what, there were a few years there where I didn't own like I did back in the you know, in the Vinny days, but now we're, we need to get this business rolling again. And I, you gotta, I mean, it, look at case and Colt, seriously, you're going to tell me that, that my guy can't beat those two guys out. And there's going to be a lot of pressure on Jay to play Haskins sooner, re, sooner than later. I'll tell you what, Tommy Cooley said this to me. Cooley said, you'll know if Haskins is starting opening day, Dan forced it period. 
Cooley doesn't think there's any chance that this guy would be ready for opening day to start an NFL game over Case Keenum or Colt McCoy. Well, here's the thing. I mean, Dan Snyder isn't a blithering idiot. His ego may get in the way of his intelligence. But if he really is devious enough to say, I want my guy to play this year, he doesn't push Haskins to be the opening uh, for week one starter. I mean, because let's face it, the first five weeks of the Redskins franchise is like a gauntlet. The schedule. Yeah, the schedule. It, it's a gauntlet. I mean, so, I mean, if Dan's smart, if Snyder's smart, he's not putting that kid out there knowing that he will just be set up to go 0-5 and people will be tearing their Haskins jerseys right off their backs in the stands. <laughs> Oh God! You know what's you know what's hysterical actually is when you think about it. Um, he's probably not. He he looks more like a guy that needs time, but the competition isn't that stiff. It's not like Case Keenum and Colt McCoy. I know you love Colt, but shouldn't be that hard to beat out anyway. I know. So I I, I know I know, but I just think that if if if, if Snyder plays is smarter. He waits until they're one and five or two and six, and he says to Jay, "He says, okay, now put my boy in." I think that um, I, I don't know how many tickets that that uh, Dwayne Haskins will sell. My sense of it is it's going to take a lot more than Dwayne Haskins and Montez Sweat and Landon Collins and and you know yes. re-signing Adrian Peterson to bring people back to the stadium. But I do think that last night created some intrigue that did not exist about this team before last night. And I'm talking about it, from it, from from the fan base, the the erode the eroded part of the fan base that it has checked out. You know, they're watching the NFL draw. Oh, they took Haskins. Okay. They took Montes. All right. Well, I'm going to at least see how what they look like to see if they can play. Yeah, it did. It did. But I gotta tell you and, and, you know, and, and playing with the mice on Twitter tonight, uh-huh. like I was doing, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm surprised sometimes at how much support I get. It's more than ever. Oh, yeah, of course. And and that's a change. Oh, I don't even know if that uh, – it's funny because when, when I've been negative on the show um, or, or on Twitter – five to one, the support for what is more really, in my view, it's subjective, is a realistic view, five to one in support of that versus the people that would say, man, Wendy, man, you really turned into a hater. Well, how did that happen? I love the people that blame it on me not working at the radio station anymore. You don't work for the, you've changed completely. No, I, I actually haven't. But anyway, um, all right. Well, it sounds like you're so, re- uh, you're really optimistic. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm very optimistic. Oh, hold on a second. Let me get a drink of water. I got to pop another pill. Uh, um, yes, I'm very happy. All right. Before, now, and you know what? What? Just start naked. Don't they have a whole bunch of picks left? Well, they got two third rounders tonight, and then yeah. they got you know uh, some picks, a bunch of picks on Saturday. They got seven yeah, picks. So, seven I picks mean, left. The party just started. It just started. Uh, before I let you, before I let you run, um, just your your quick thoughts because you weren't on with me yesterday about the caps. Well, again, I, I wrote this in my column last night. They didn't lose that series. Uh, they didn't. They didn't wind up getting kicked out of the playoffs in the first round 
uh, in that Wednesday night loss. They lost it a couple a week or two after they won the Stanley Cup when they refused to pay uh, Barry Trotz what he was worth. I mean, what you saw there was, was the cheapness of Ted come come to surface. You had a rookie coach who who was out coached most of the series. Uh, the Capitals talked about the response that they had last year and how they learned from that. Well, they responded to Barry Trotz. They didn't respond to Todd Reardon as the head coach. There's a big difference. Rod Brindamore, who was also a rookie head coach, uh, who had been an assistant in Carolina, said something very interesting after the, at the press conference Wednesday night. He said, he admitted, sometimes when you're a first-year head coach, you know, you really don't know if you're doing it right. Well, I don't think Barry Trotz has those doubts anymore. You so, know, uh, so I, I just think that, that Ted paid the price. It's not a huge price because he's got the Stanley Cup as cover, and fans can take solace in that. It's not that removed from those fond memories. But, you know, I mean, it's a missed opportunity. It's, it's, a, it's a missed opportunity to do more. And what wouldn't it be hilarious if Trot somehow gets the island? Yeah, I'm sort of I'm up. sort of rooting for him to do well. I I, I I think I agree with you. I just don't know enough to know that it really made a coaching difference. But with that said, how do you nickel and dime the guy that brought you the thing that you wanted so much and were so close but couldn't get to for so long? Like you won the freaking Stanley Cup and you, and over a few nickels, literally – you're not going to bring back the coach that led your team there, uh, and you I should have. You should have given him a piece of the team, for God's sakes. Yeah, well, let alone pay gonna, him. Yeah, um, but, uh, but but so yeah. that's that. My point is, is that uh, you know, listen, George McPhee took a lot of heat when he was general manager for you know never getting beyond the second round in the Ovechkin era. But uh, the fact is that George McPhee was never able to hire an NHL coach with NHL coaching experience because Ted was too cheap to pay them. Uh, two things, actually, before I let you run, because I just noticed oh, I this. Got something, I got something for you, too. Okay, because I, I just noticed this on your Twitter uh, timeline. Um, the RG3 tweet. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> and you retweeted he had that it. Ready, he had that ready to go. Oh, my God. It was God. seconds after, after the Redskins made the pick. Let, let, let me read this to those that have not heard it. Robert Griffin III, uh, right after the Redskins picked Dwayne Haskins, tweeted out the following. You didn't draft the young man for nothing. You did it because you believe in the young man. You did it because you need a quarterback. Don't give up on him prematurely. He is your investment. Give the kid time to prove himself. Congrats, young gun. Enjoy every second of it. Oh, so shameless. Oh my God. So shameless. So 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 shameless and clueless. Uh, so clueless and needy and yeah. insecure and you know I had for a brief fleeting moment this thought that you know if the Ravens have signed off on this guy not just for you know, the backup third-string quarterback role last year, but they actually signed him to be Lamar Jackson's backup this year, that, you know, maybe he's matured. Maybe he's become the guy that, you know, we always said, hey, 
you know, he's going to turn 30, 31 years old one of these days, and he's going to look back at his time in Washington, and he's, he's going to say to himself, oh my God, how insufferable I was. But nope, he has not matured. Yeah. This is... This is so delusional. Don't give up on him prematurely. You had two full coaching staffs, actually three if you include Cleveland, that said, no, no, we don't want any part of you. This wasn't one person. This wasn't one team. Oh, man. Um, Well, you know what? Leave it to him. Uh, Also, you you retweeted, and I, I didn't know this until I just saw it on your Twitter timeline. John Havlicek, uh, Havlicek passed oh away. Oh, my God. 79 what a, what years a, old. I didn't even know he was I mean, sick. Of all nights for this to have to get buried by the NFL draft, this is one of the great players of his yes, era. Yes, he was. I mean, and like I said in the tweet, I mean, it, when you think of the word motor, you think of John Havlicek because he never, ever, Slowed down. ever stopped moving. Nope. I mean, he was constant movement. I mean, just just tremendous. Havlicek stole the ball, the famous call by, uh, what's his name? Uh, Johnny Most. Johnny Most. I mean, because that, that's what he did. He just constantly moved. So, yeah, I mean, I have some fond memories of seeing Havlicek, uh, you know, play in his prime and then, uh, you know, winning uh, NBA championships with the Celtics. I mean, greatest sixth man probably in the history of the game. Certainly. Oh, yeah. You know, he he's the first that comes to mind. Michael Cooper always comes to mind for me. Those Lakers teams of the '80s, Cooper was a phenomenal, you know, first guy off the bench. But the game I remember, Tommy and Havlicek, I think hit the game winner in the third overtime was Game Five of the 1976 Finals against Phoenix. The the the, the famous Gar Hurd shot, Brent Musburger's call of Gar Hurd at the end of the first overtime with a second left hitting, you know, like a 25-footer to force, or that was might have, might have been after the second overtime to force the third overtime, and I think Havlicek, you know, took over in that third overtime, him and JoJo White. But I, I yeah. remember him. I mean, some of those Celtics teams were the first sort of NBA teams. I remember the, the Bullets beat them in 75 before getting swept by Golden State. They beat uh, that Havlicek, Cowens, JoJo White, Don Nelson – you know, team in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. I remember Havlicek. Yeah. He he was phenomenal. Yeah, he was. Now let me ask you a question. You ever see him? You ever? You know the actress uh, Linda Fiorentino? Uh, boy, I I know the name. Uh, she was in uh, Men in Black, but that's not what I really care about. I mean, she's uh, I mean, unbelievably sexy, uh, and which is remarkable because she's not very well endowed, but she's just like off the charts sexy in, in movies. You ever seen a movie called I, Jade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just pulled the pulled her up on Wikipedia images. I, I know who she is, yeah. What you about ever see Jade, a movie called Jade? I never saw Jade. Okay, well, I was just watching Jade. It, it's, it's, you got to watch it sometime. But the movie you have to watch is The Last Seduction. Everybody out there, hide the kids and rent The Last Seduction. I can give you a money-back guarantee on it. What the 1994 Last Seduction with Linda Fiorentino and Peter Berg was Peter, in it. Peter Berg wow. is in it. Yeah. Okay. It's it's tremendous. So on a positive note, uh, and plus I'm medicated, so I'm all over the place. Okay. So. That, that's what, what that's what you wanted to ask me about. That's it. I wanted to ask <laughs> okay. you. I got I got her on my mind. All right. Have a good weekend. I'll I'll talk to you next week. Actually, you're going away next week. 
I'll be gone, boss. All right. In- uh, you know what? In my mind, I'm already there. All right. Well, enjoy the trip. You're gonna you're gonna love that trip. I uh, and and we'll hear all about it when you get back. And you and you don't have to call in from Italy. I don't want to hear from you from it. I want you to sleep in, and I want you to drink a lot of wine. You're not a big wine drinker, though, right? Uh, but I can be very easy. Well, you should be there, and <laughs> yes. you'll you'll love the food. Don't don't ask for a ham and cheese sandwich. They don't have them there. Does Night Train Express count as a, <laughs> a big wine drinker? See ya. Have fun. I'll see you. Bye. All right, that was good. We ripped off Cooley, Kime, and Tommy right in order. All three of them brought to you by. Well, they were brought to you by Launch Workplaces. If you're looking for office space anywhere in Bethesda, consider Launch Workplaces. You can find out all you need to know at launchworkplaces.com. It's one of those shared office spaces, small offices, but a couple of big offices, co-working desks, brand new, fully furnished, um, a real beautiful spot. Uh, They've got locations uh, all over town um, as well. So you can find them in other locations by going to launchworkplaces.com. But if you call 240-800-6714 or visit launchworkplaces.com, mention my name. You'll get a free two-day trial at the Bethesda location. But they've got fully furnished offices, conference rooms, co-working desks, free parking, a cafe, high-speed internet, uh, 24-7 access, 240-867-14, or launchworkplaces.com. Don't forget to um, review us and rate us on iTunes, if you don't mind, if you haven't done it. Also, subscribe. Uh, that always helps us. It doesn't cost you anything. And tell people that they can listen if they have a difficult time figuring out podcasts on their phone. Uh, they can just go to thekevinsheanshow.com and listen to it. There. All right. Uh, tonight, the Redskins have two third-round picks. So they have the their own third-round pick, which is number ninety-six overall, uh, and then they've got the comp. I'm sorry, seventy-six overall, number seventy-six overall, and then they've got the compensatory pick uh, that they got for Kirk Cousins uh, at the end of the round, which is number ninety-six overall. Um, I think one of the things that I, I have talked about, and I actually blogged, and by the way, if you go to thekevinsheehanshow.com, we blog every once in a while as well, and you can get all the old episodes um, very easily uh, there too. Um, but I you know, I mentioned before the draft last night in my blog, I said they're going to stick at 15. If Haskins, Jones, and or Locke are available, they're going to take the quarterback at 15. Um, and I mentioned that if they select Haskins, that that is – an indication that it's Dan Snyder's pick. Um, and then I mentioned that they're going to add a safety and a wide receiver before the end of the third round, or before the fourth round. So in the first three rounds of the draft, I think they're going to add a safety and wide receiver. Well, considering they did a quarterback and a and an edge rusher, then safety and wide receiver would have to come in these two picks in the third round. Um, I, there are safeties that I thought they would be interested in, two of whom are already gone, all right? And that's Darnell Savage Jr., the Maryland player who got picked much higher, right, Aaron? Much higher than any... I know people had him in the first round. I don't know that people had Darnell Savage going uh, at number 21 overall to Green Bay. You definitely heard it more coming up that he was rising boards, getting into the first round, and yet, I don't know about 21, but definitely the low 20s. Like I don't think it was that big a shock. Many people thought he would be the first safety off the board. I think it surprised people a little bit that it was the first defensive back off the board. Neither of the cornerbacks were picked uh, before him. 
But, uh, yeah, the highest chirp pick since uh, Darius Hayward Bay in 2009. Yeah, a first-round pick. They had a first-round pick last year, too, in DJ yep. Moore. One of, I think, seven schools to have back-to-back first-round picks. How about that? Um, I think safety is going to be something they're looking for. And, again, I, my preference is that they draft the highest-rated player on their board. But, you know, Juan Thornhill from Virginia is a really good player. Deontay Thompson plays for Alabama, so you wonder whether or not they would target um, him. Uh, now, both of those guys are right now projected second rounders. Guys that could fall to their pick in in the third round include guys like Will Harris from BC. I don't think uh, Hooker from Iowa will be there. He he could potentially go in the second round. The, the highest rated safeties <clears throat> that weren't picked in the first round were the guy Taylor Rapp, who at one point from Washington I think was the highest rated safety in a lot of mocks in the early mocks when the season ended. And Adderley from Delaware is a high-rated safety as well. But I think they're going to be looking safety in the in the third round with one of their third-round picks. The wide receivers right now, you know, if you go back to uh, the draft uh, last night, I mean, we did not see a wide receiver until Marquise Brown at number 25 overall. He went to the Ravens. Um, man, they've got some speed on that offensive football team with now Brown and the quarterback. Um, that was a perfect pick for them. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they've actually – the Ravens are going to be a really interesting team to watch. I, I loved what they did last year with Lamar Jackson. It obviously got them into a situation where they won games and made the postseason. It's a hard system to come back in, though. If you fall behind in these games, hard to rally. Even though in that Chargers playoff game they were down a bunch and Jackson actually threw them back into it. But they've got Ingram on that team now in the backfield. Remember, they signed Mark Ingram in free agency. They signed um, uh, they, they they got Willie Sneed. Didn't, that was last year. Yeah. Sneed was on the team last year. So they got Marquise Brown that they've added. Um, the tight end that they drafted last year, Hayden Hurst. Mm-hmm. They re-signed Nick Boyle, the tight end that they loved. Uh, Mark Ingram running the ball. I mentioned Ingram, yep. and they still have the guy that really you know came out of nowhere Gus last Edwards. year, Gus Edwards. Um, it's going to be an interesting team uh, to watch. But but back to you know the wide receivers that would be available um, in the draft. So so I mentioned Marquise Brown, and then the the Patriots took Nikhil Harry the wide receiver from Arizona State to finish up uh, round one. Now, the the wide receivers that are still there, Paris Campbell's still out there. Uh, he's a second-round pick. I don't think the Redskins can get Paris Campbell unless they trade up. You know, A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf, neither one. D.K. Metcalf, by the way, perhaps along with Drew Locke, Jawan Taylor, who I, I told you on Wednesday – Juwan Taylor, to me, looks like he's too raw and shouldn't even be a first-round pick. He did not go in the first round, even though he was mocked in a lot of top tens. Um, He didn't get picked. Locke didn't get picked. Uh, Cody Ford didn't get picked in the first round. Um, Murphy, the, the, the corner. Greedy Williams, the corner. None of those guys got picked in the first round. All of them projected first-round picks. DK Metcalf not picked in the first round. A lot of people thought it at, at various times he was a top 10, top 15 pick. Um, A.J. Brown's the receiver that Cooley likes even more from Ole Miss. I would think he's going to be gone. Uh, I've mentioned also, and and this could be a tomorrow night pick or it could be a Saturday pick, but I love Ja'Kai Polite from Florida and he's got character issues and maybe that makes him drop but he is a talent and you add him and sweat 
and you line them up on opposite edges and you move Kerrigan inside with John Allen on passing situations, you'd have a pass rush. Um, back to the receivers, though. Paris Campbell, probably not gettable. A.J. Brown, Metcalf, I don't think gettable. Debo Samuel from South Carolina, probably not gettable. Not in the, sec- not in the third round. What about Hakeem Butler <sighs> from Iowa State? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, a, he's potentially a third-round guy. He's, I'll tell you, the other guy who's, who's potentially a, a third-round guy, too, is a guy like Kelvin Harmon from NC State. You know who Miles Boykin from Notre Dame? Uh Boykin from Notre Dame, yes. Gaskin from Washington, no. Right? Don't you think Washington uh, that Gaskin's gonna go? Um I, I'm thinking of the running back Gaskin yeah. from Washington. Yeah. Uh Boykin from Notre Dame, uh, second round. Second round grade most people have, I think, on him. I mean, but at some but point, bit, but, but at a, some point some of these guys, Metcalf dropping probably pushes yeah. a couple of these second round grades to third, possibly. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, I I think wide receiver and safety is a target. I think they should also draft the best available player on their board. Riley Ridley could be there in the third round. You know, Calvin Ridley's brother from Georgia, who is, you know, another guy with great speed, um, average size, but long-armed guy like his brother. Uh, he could be a guy in the third round. You know, you always look when it's the Redskins for, for Bama guys at these positions and you know, uh, wide receiver, there are, there are none for Alabama, you know, that are really projected to be in that range. You also think in terms of tight ends. Irv Smith uh, Jr., Alabama's tight end, is still on the board. The guy Warring from San Diego State, who a lot of people like, I think Cooley likes him, uh, still on the board. Um, so you, you got to be thinking tight ends are a possibility too. They still don't have their guard. You know, they still don't have that guard. Now, what's interesting is about some of the offensive linemen that didn't make it, like Cody Ford can play guard. Now, he, I think, is going to come off the board pretty quickly. Um, There are corners there that they're going to be able to get in the third round. They're going to be able to get two good players, two potential starters or guys that will compete to start in their positions in the third round. Uh, The second-round pick, obviously, coupled with next year's second-round pick, was used to trade back up into the first round to take Montez Sweat. Uh, But those are the guys. Like, Thornhill, I think, will be gone. Deontay Thompson, maybe at the end of the third round. Uh, I still think that, you know, I'll give you another position to keep an eye on, not just tonight but throughout the weekend. I think it's very possible the Redskins are in the market for a Chris Thompson replacement. I think that they want to throw the ball to their backs on third down. I don't know if Geis is necessarily the guy they'll be counting on, um, but I think they'd like a third-round back replacement. Thompson's health has really prevented him from being a reliable guy. I love Chris Thompson like the next guy, but if Daryl Henderson from Memphis is sitting there you know, in the third round, he is quick, fast, playmaker, can catch the football, um, th- that's the kind of guy that I would, you know, that wouldn't shock me if one of these guys is really high up on their board, if they ended up taking a guy that they envisioned replacing Chris Thompson as a third down back. Uh, I guess that's it. That's pretty much all I've thought about, uh, for tonight and the rest of the weekend. They've got seven more picks. They may trade up in the second round to get the wide receiver. They may take the two-thirds to move up into the second round and take, you know, a Paris Campbell if he's there, you know, or maybe a DK Metcalf or an A.J. Brown if they are there. 
I mean, maybe they'll do the same thing with the safety. Maybe they're in love with Juan Thornhill from Virginia, and they know that he's going to go somewhere in the second round, and maybe they'll package the two-thirds to move up, or, you know, one of the thirds and a fourth or a fifth or something. I don't know, whatever it takes to get up into some portion of the second round to make that pick. Uh, Other than that, I don't have anything else. Um, We wanted to get this out early this morning. Uh, because it was, you know, a unique day after the draft last night, especially with how active uh, the Redskins were. Uh, I did not watch any of the NBA game or the NHL games. I know that the Spurs forced a Game 7, and uh, you will have that. I'm actually anxious, anxious. I'm actually interested in watching the Clippers try to even up their series tonight with the Warriors. I don't think they'll do it. They're a 10-point underdog at home in a playoff game, which is pretty unusual. But anyway, um, that's it. Uh, overall, Haskins, I'm not a fan of it. I, I, I said that you know long before the draft, during the college football season, and leading up to the draft. But you know, like Cooley said, I, on some level, I'm excited that they've got a a a developmental, potentially a future starting franchise quarterback. We're wrong about these things all the time. He's big. He's strong. He can throw it. There's no doubt he's smart. He's got the work ethic. Let's hope the father isn't completely nuts based on some of the things we've read recently. Um, but uh, and, he, and I listened to the interviews last night with him, and he really sounds like a first-rate young guy. And I hope they do it right with him. Uh, I don't have a lot of confidence that they will, but I hope they do it right and they don't rush it and they get it right with him. All right, have a great week- weekend. Thanks to Aaron uh, for getting up early and doing this. And then thanks to Cooley. John Kime and Tommy. And don't forget, you can you can listen to John's podcast as well, uh, the John Kime Report. Back on Monday. Have a great weekend.